Welcome to Spring of Life. My name is Mike Luzinski, and I serve as the lead pastor here. I'm so glad you're taking the time to grow in your faith through scripture, preaching, and the conversations on our podcast. Scripture is from Luke 22, 7 through 13. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover meal for us, that we may eat it. They asked him, Where do you want us to make preparations for it? Listen, he said to them, When you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house he enters, and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asked you, Where is the guest room? Where may I eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, already furnished. Make preparations for us there. So they went and found everything as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover meal. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The first Sunday in October is a day that is celebrated around the world. Does anyone know what we're celebrating today? Yeah, yeah, you you heard Mitchell's prayer, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. We're celebrating World Communion Sunday. World Communion Sunday. It's a day where we remember that we're connected to billions of people around the world who are also faithfully following Jesus. We're connected, not just around the world and around languages and, and, and race and, and and culture, but we're also connected through time with all the generations prior to ours that have been faithful to the call of Jesus Christ. That connection is a powerful one. We say we are the body of Christ, and we, the body of Christ, partake in one loaf and one cup when we come to the table. And so my hope is that today we'll reflect on what this means, centered on the question, what is it about this meal? What is it about this holy meal of communion that is so powerful, that is so special, that gives us the grace for our lives to be changed? There's something amazing about this communion meal, this holy meal. So it looks like our kids have joined us. I'm so glad that the children are here, and I have a question for you. Who can raise their hand and tell me one of your favorite holiday foods? So think about something you eat at Christmas time or something, maybe Thanksgiving, a birthday. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Candy canes at Christmas. That's a good one. Yes. Same table. Yes. Say that again. Gingerbread cookies. That's a good one. Yes. Turkey. Yum. Cookies. Ryland. Yep. Cookies. 
Macaroni and cheese. Mmm. I bet you have a good family Thanksgiving meal. Yes. Empanadas? Ayakas. Mmm. That sounds good, too. What else? Pasteles. Yes. Can you say that a little louder? Gingerbread? Mmm. That's a good one. Yes. Mashed potatoes, with or without gravy? Either, either or. Yeah, there's no wrong way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Any others? Your favorite holiday meal? Those are good. Those are good. There's something about those meals where you walk in and there's a certain smell in the whole house. Mm. It smells like Thanksgiving. That's so good. There's something about having the extra people gathered together. There's something about sitting down all at the same table that's powerful. And something like that happens in this meal. Something powerful. Something that brings us together, that binds us together. People that maybe would have no other way of being together if it wasn't for this table. Communion is that meal. I want to set the scene in our scripture passage today. Jesus and his disciples are in Jerusalem, and the population of the city has swelled because people are coming in from all over to celebrate the Passover meal. Just before this, Judas has met with the church leaders and agreed to betray Jesus. And Jesus sends his disciples, Peter and John, into the city to go ahead of him and prepare the Passover meal. Peter and John hear Jesus say this, and they respond by saying, okay, where? The city is overwhelmed. It's, it's swelling full of people. And so Jesus tells them, as soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him at the house he enters. Say to the owner, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare the meal. It's obvious to me that I don't think this uh, account was written from the perspective of Peter and John. <laughs> Could you imagine them walking into Jerusalem, people everywhere? Maybe there's even more than one man carrying a jug of water. And they're saying, okay, Jesus, we're here. We're trying. What is next? And they follow what Jesus has said to, to the T and it works exactly as Jesus said. They follow that man. They talk with him. They go and prepare the meal. And that was what enabled the disciples to have that holy moment where they shared the Passover meal together. As I stop and reflect on that, all I can think about is that someone has already prepared this table for us. Someone has prepared this holy meal for you and for me. We didn't create it ourselves. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. 
It was simply given to us as a gift, an invitation. Think for a moment about who helped prepare the communion table for you. Maybe it was a family member who brought you to church. Maybe it was a friend, a neighbor. Who was it that helped bring you to this table, that helped you taste God's grace for the first time? When Jesus sits down with his disciples, he says he's glad to eat this meal together, to share it with them. And then he says, for I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Well, this powerful statement raises the question, what is its meaning? What is its fulfillment in the kingdom of God? Well, we'll probably have to start with the Passover and what that means to explain it. You remember in the story of the Exodus that the people of Israel started in slavery to the Egyptians. And God used Moses and the faithful actions of the people to free them. There were plagues. There was a long journey in the wilderness. But that eventually led to covenant relationship and the promised land. The Passover represents one of those key moments in that story where God rescued the people of Israel from slavery, from a life with no future, into the promised land in relationship with God where their future was blossoming into what God had in mind for them. Something similar happens in communion. We know that in this meal, we are drawn into covenant relationship with God. And maybe you hear that word covenant relationship. We really don't use that phrase very frequently. The only times when I hear it said are in the context of marriage. Marriage is a covenant relationship. It's a commitment that, that we make to love, to serve, to continue to choose someone each and every day, no matter what. Jesus offers that type of covenant relationship to us. And the life, ministry, death, and resurrection frees us from, like the people of Israel, slavery to sin and death, into the freedom and abundant life, the promised land of life that God has in mind for each of you, for our world. And we see that lived out in this meal. It's like what the prophet Jeremiah spoke when he shared of a coming covenant. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah, this covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. I love that image. God taking them by the hand and leading them out. They broke that covenant. 
though I love them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days. I will put out my instructions deep within them. I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. I want to linger on that final line. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Jesus explains this to his disciples at the Last Supper, explaining that the covenant will be fulfilled through him. And of course, like in many points of the gospel, the disciples don't quite get it because they're not able to see and understand what will happen in the days to come from Good Friday to that first Easter Sunday. But there's just something about this meal. What is it about this meal? Communion is a holy mystery. And if anyone tells you they clearly understand how God is present in communion in real and tangible ways, I would wonder, I would wonder. Because we don't know how, but we know that it's true. That Jesus Christ is present in communion. The real presence of Jesus is here. The real love, the real grace, the real sacrifice, the real forgiveness, real healing, real nourishment, and the real promise of heaven are all found in this meal. A simple gift of bread and grape juice. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And I want to remind you that doing this in remembrance of me is not just a simple act of recall, of remembering intellectually, but it is an invitation to participate in God's redemption story for our lives, for our families, for our communities, for our nations and our world. We find that invitation, that covenant relationship here. And it may feel routine because, yes, we are one of those churches that come to this table every week. But every week, we need the real presence of Jesus Christ the real love of Jesus Christ, the real grace of Jesus Christ, the real sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the real forgiveness of Jesus Christ, the real healing of Jesus Christ, the real nourishment of Jesus Christ, the real promise of a new future with Jesus Christ. Those gifts are here at this table. Our salvation story is here at this table. That is what makes this meal so powerful, so special. And it is a tremendous gift that God gives to each of us who seek to receive his grace, to walk life God's way, to enter into covenant relationship. Let's pray.
Holy God, we thank you for all the faithful people around the world and throughout time who have lived into your covenant. Give us the grace we need for ourselves, our church, the global body of Christ to live into your covenant that all may come and see the new hope, the new love, the new grace, the new joy, redemption found at this table. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you have questions or want to talk further about this message, I'd love the chance to talk with you. Visit us online at springchurch.org connect or email me at pastormike at springchurch.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.